Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. It seems very weird to say welcome back when we're the ones that keep leaving, but uh, here it is. Uh, sorry it took so long to get back. I just really didn't want to do this. Um, before we start, I just want to wish everyone a happy Barbenheimer week to those who celebrate. And man, this is going to suck. Mark, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. And I've been equally dreading getting back to this, but maybe mainly to see how you were handling everything and secondarily because it meant I was going to have to face the fact that I did the intro podcast for the tournament by myself and I was like I'm sure I'll come up with some content like as things are going on and then I realized how much was on me to then figure out and I just kind of curled into the fetal position and hope nobody noticed but you go back to take the heat off me so that's why we've waited nearly a month to talk about these things I think you did great uh no there were several times um in the last month or so that you messaged me and we were like yeah should we get a podcast going soon and i'm like oh man it, i just can't yet like normally that makes sense that high stakes game that you lose by one point um hurts more than other random game x but i'm normally able to do the do you know the alonzo morning reaction where he just kind of like looks around shakes his head and then kind of yeah. raises his eyebrows and shrugs i'm able to do that with most things because i don't know like whatever but yeah this one stung for a very long time and it was meant to and it still does but like we are moving forwards because there's a europeans in about a month um so you don't get a choice which might be a good thing um certainly a difficult thing but yeah man as i mentioned previously are you observing uh barbenheimer week do you know what i'm referring to i assume you do yeah it's the i saw the thing somewhere about how it's the done thing is meant to be you have a coffee and a cigarette and go and watch Oppenheimer and then you go for bottomless brunch and watch Barbie, is that it? Uh, I don't know, I just as long as you watch them both in as close proximity to one another as possible there was a real chance that I was going to be able to rattle both off in a row um, in the cinema with like a half an hour break but I decided not to do that. Like me and Anna were going to, but it was going to be absolutely mental. And also like Anna's working that day and then the day after. So it would have been like, get up at seven, go to work, look after kids all day in school, get back, like come home for half an hour, two hours, like two an hour, go and just watch two movies in a row, get dinner and then go to sleep and then do it again. And I wouldn't like, I don't want to do that to someone that I care about. So Oppenheimer's like three hours, isn't it? Of course it is because it's a Christopher Nolan movie and there's always 45 minutes that he should take out, but doesn't know how to. Um, yeah, um, this is not yeah. a movie podcast. I'm stalling. But anyway, yeah, you, say, you say, look, it makes sense though. Cause you say looking after kids all day, like since, I've got the one kid to look after and she goes she now has like a set bedtime and she goes to sleep at that time. And we've been like grappling with what to do in like the couple of hours that we've only just gotten back. Mm-hmm. And initially we're like, oh man, this is gonna be great. And now I like couldn't tell you what I do in a single evening because I think I just slump on the sofa and like my brain turns off. So I cannot imagine sitting through like I imagine sit through Barbie would be bad enough because it's all in like neon colors and whatever and I'd be like leave me alone I just want to close my eyes but up and I would be asleep within like four minutes I guarantee yeah also I'm calling that like Barbie is going to be more culturally significant than Oppenheimer's trying to be um both going to be unbelievable but like I have faith in Greta Gerwig who's directed 
the Barbie movie. Um, both going to be fun, but yeah, try and see them. If anyone in anyone listening to this, if anyone still listens to this after we just like <laughs> abandon you every three months when I get sad about something. Um... <laughs> well, do, do you think? Do you think people are, have tuned back in now and like? Oh, of course, they were waiting for Barbie to come out, so they had something to talk about. Yeah, imagine if this was just like, hey, we've relaunched, sponsored by Barbie. Um, but no, I did have a moment where I was like, if we're going two days in a row, do I do all pink to Oppenheimer and then all black to Barbie? Uh, just to be stupid, but um, no. Yeah, uh, But yeah, I'm I'm excited and everyone should be too. But if anyone else watches them in the same day, get in touch, let me know, because that's cool. Um also, it's funny to just randomly throw in at admittal, which I've done before, that every time this drops off for a month is just because, like, I'm mental. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, should we start with the women's side of things on the, in, in terms of talking about the world? Yeah, let's do it. Should so we I can prolong my pain? Um, should we run through standings first and then we'll just pluck it? Like, there's so much stuff to talk about. We're not going to go, like, game by game with stats because I feel like neither of us will probably remember half the games now and you know we just need the overview at this point so we'll run through standings and pick kind of the key moments i think is the the way to do it yes okay so from 12th up uh we have algeria thailand brazil gb spain japan australia canada germany and in the medals uh usa china and the netherlands um, just like I said, the Netherlands there, and I I was thinking about the women's side of things today before we were coming on, and my brain was like, I think there were maybe five different teams that before this I thought could win it, and I I guessed the Netherlands just get right like first right of ref- refusal on the gold medal now. Like I think they're just cemented in there until someone says different at this point. Um, yeah, they were beforehand, but like, yeah, they're the. F- I think they've proved themselves to be the favourites until somebody significant in their roster retires. But, um, it's. I always feel bad when I watch them because I watch them and they just play very. It feels like bully ball a lot of the time, and you watch and like, surely somebody can stop this man. Like it's not, you know, they aren't the Golden State Warriors where they're running so many decisions with so many possible proliferations that you're bound to get lost somewhere like, hey, we're just gonna like one of our bigger, stronger players is gonna brutalize you and we'll use space in a simple fashion. Yeah. And the more teams come along, be it Canada, Germany, Australia to a lesser extent, I guess, who have, are able to put two bigs out there you're kind of like, ah, maybe these guys have got their horses for it. And then it's like, oh, no, as long as there is one or two guards on the opposing team, <laughs> the Netherlands are probably fine. Yeah. Which That's is a weird one is... why China gets to run them closest, because they mostly play mids. But Yeah, and yeah. even like the Chinese lows are big, like sit kind of big and um, all have good chair skills. Um, but I think the thing, I like we had this conversation, I think, and we were trying to figure out, where they get so much of their success from and they run their sets and they do a load of like set play stuff. But a lot of it is just like one-on-one moves. Like they'll get nothing because I don't know. I was like, can you just pack the paint against them? But you pack the paint against them and then Bo and Mariska will just like 
pull some sort of U-turn and spin move on someone who falls asleep. And it's like, it's not a lack of discipline because I don't think you can say that the top women's teams in the world lack discipline. It's that everyone in some point will just kind of fall asleep for a second and the Netherlands are so good at being like, ah, gotcha. I cut baseline when you turned your head or you foot-plated me and I've just murked you. And then worst case scenario, it's like, all right, cool. You have to switch this. You're going under this and we will end up with mismatches. Yeah. But yeah. We will always get something. Um, but yeah, that yeah, was I the th- thing because I was just like, Mariska is physically dominant in the women's game, but it's not like she's like sprinting down. Well, she does sometimes, but it's not like she's like the quickest player in the world sprinting down the floor. And it's like, she's still just if you get in front of her in transition or bow, it's like, all right, cool. You're going to turn your head and I'm just going to cut. And it's, it's, yeah. it's infuriating to watch, but the pressure that they put on you with everything else, like anytime you go and try and switch off a mismatch, like off ball, it's like ah, cut, cut, yeah. cut. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think they actually watching them, present in a different way they present the same problem that the usa men have to, sorry for mentioning the usa men i was going to say all right i imagine we were going to talk about it at some point can i just gonna, can i pretend i don't have zoom premium cuts us off <laughs> um but yeah they present a similar problem where it's like you know our team's playing offense we shoot they get the rebound and then that like first second after the Netherlands have pulled down a defensive rebound is like, well, if we're not back as a five immediately, like they're getting a basket off of this just through like their speed of going into transition and their ability to punish you if you don't get fully matched up is like higher than everybody else in the tournament. And uh, shout out to Mariska, by the way, because she was the recipient of either the best or worst call of a commentator by the entire to- of the entire tournament, depending oh, on really? the perspective. There were a couple. What was this? <laughs> she knocked down a post up, I think, to uh, it was like maybe against Germany and Germany had a bit of a run to pull it back in. And Mariska just calmly sunk a post up and like gave the Netherlands a bit more cushion. And the guy said something to the effect of the way she's delivering, you're going to have to start calling her the male lady. I thought that, come on, man. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's yeah. not, let's not dabble with semantics like this. Yeah. But, let's, um, let's not take this into a different conversation yeah. <laughs> about women's sport. It's also just like this guy didn't like saying the male lady. It's like, Matt, you made an attempt to say something in a more correct manner and you just didn't double check your work like that's really stupid but yeah, yeah. Um, um so yeah i think that they, they would have been on, on track for the gold medal by way of apology for that if nothing else but they um they went out and earned it man and every team that i thought was potentially a challenger to them got quickly uh rebuffed shout out to me with picking canada to, canada to win this whole thing yeah, yes. we'll get to Canada when we move further down the list, which is, I guess, the point about Canada. But mm-hmm. did the Netherlands beat China by more in this game than they did in Tokyo? I feel like that. Well, also, I feel like the game in Tokyo was like 8-6 after 40 minutes because <laughs> China were just like, no, we are making everything really yeah, yeah, it was It was 57-34 in the final here. The um, Tokyo... Tokyo game, people can go and look it up. I think that was actually like hovered around eight or nine points the entire game. And I think the Netherlands won that by maybe 12 or 13 in the end. 
Sure. Um, but yeah, this it. was this was a to me the final in itself was the Netherlands looking at China and being like, hey, we're actually we're not just riding into this going we're better than you. We're they had prepped to play China this time more so than they had in the past. I think. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because I maybe it's just from not following the women's game as much, obviously, and maybe not being able to follow some tournaments um, that don't get streamed or whatever, but like pre-Tokyo or at Tokyo, I was surprised that the Chinese women's team were in the final. Like, once you start the tournament and you watch them play, you're like, oh yeah, no, these guys are good, but I I don't know if that was on any of our predictions pre-Tokyo, but no, they are just here and cemented as probably second best women's team in the world. Two tournaments in a row, I think you get to say that, but yeah. Yeah, I think you do. And they, we also get, we got the same three medal teams from um, from Tokyo, right? The USA got bronze in Tokyo as well. Yes. I can't remember who got fourth in Tokyo off the top of my head. Um, I do not remember either, but yeah, the US but, got bronze. Yeah, so... Again? I don't know. Um, it would seem likely this journey. I feel like it wasn't, but I can't remember why I think that. Um, I, can't, I can't remember why I think, I can't remember why that doesn't seem like it happened but it might have done um yeah i think the usa just they came up against the netherlands in the group stage well and they just don't have the the physicality for you know they've got all the kind of perimeter shooting and you know that level of skill that you would possibly need and they just don't have any answers defensively. And also most of their offense revolves around sending their guards inside for dump down layups. And it was one of the few games in that one that the um, the Netherlands rolled out their three big, which they're doing a little bit more now than they used to. Yeah. But it's getting to the point, like, man, where they, they've got Bo and Mariska out there and it's like, okay, there needs to be an IWBF rule. It's like, you can't have a third big with these two. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just... You just can't. What is anyone meant to do about it? Um, but that said, I, I thought the Netherlands' best lineup for the entire tournament was with their three guards, as they've had over the years now. But I thought the them trusting the three big a few more times in like matchup specific cases, I thought was shouldn't inspire any hope in the rest no. of the world that that the end is <laughs> the end of the rain is coming anytime soon. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Seeing a team like that be dominant and then just evolve anyway. It's like that's what you're meant to do, but like a lot of teams kind of sit on that. Um, yeah, it's not quite the same level in terms of like individual players or whatever, but it's like when the San Antonio Spurs dynasty, dynasty was meant to be winding down and they're like, oh, we got this Kawhi Leonard guy. Like he might give us something. <laughs> and then he's a finals MVP like four years later. It's like, yeah, know. Pop's direct quote on why they made that trade is we needed a little more size on the wing. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you got that. But I don't know, man. You go, someone gives you women's national team coaching job X and day one, you might have a, you might have a, a whiteboard that already just has like Mariska and Bo just written on there in permanent marker. Um, that's your whole gig trying to stop them. If you're China and you think you're going to make it to a final, that's your whole job. You score 34, and those guys have 40 between them. Like, maybe it, it's no black, it's no like fault of concept. It might just be you can't stop them at this yeah. point. They're just the two most dominant or two of the more dominant women's players in the international game. But, if I was handed the uh head coaching job of any women's team, I think I would be fired after a tournament or two because. 
every time I watch the Netherlands, I run out of ideas and I'm like, can you just make Bo shoot from outside like for 40 minutes and see if she carries you? And what I think maybe Spain, when they played the Netherlands, had that idea. <laughs> Bo made six in a row. I was like, yeah, okay, I'd be out. <laughs> this was yeah. a terrible plan from the start. I just, <laughs> there was no better one. So I rolled with this. Yeah, it's very like, can we pick a different poison? Like, it might not be better or worse. It's just different. Uh, yeah. No, poison number three, please. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery box. It could be anything. It, it could even just be poison again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. No one's figured it out for a couple of years now. I don't even know if they've like lost friendlies or anything, but. Yeah, no, it's, I think, um, put it this way, if you're them, I don't see you looking down at the rest of the world and feeling like anybody is coming to get you in the immediate future. It no. always happens at some point, but I don't think that some point is imminent. No, unless like any of their main players are just like, no, nah, I'm good, I want to go on and do different things, or I'm tired, or I'm old, or I want to start a family, or this, that, and the other. Like, if someone makes a choice to retire and step away... They'll be, like, they might be in some trouble, but yeah, I don't know. God knows. Or, or if Mariska and Bo both playing in the British Women's Premier League here, they realise that Mariska was actually benefiting from the um, the level of competition over in Hanover. And maybe that's not quite available, but I don't think that's going to topple the whole team. No, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. We shall see. Um Imagine if they were just like random town in England X is so bad to live in that I, I don't want to be here anymore and <laughs> put me off basketball. Like I'm, I don't I don't even know where they're going. I think it's London and or Loughborough, respectfully, but um London's yeah. nice, but it depends where you are. Loughborough's all right. Yeah. Bray no, isn't not. exactly Loughborough isn't exactly London though. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather be I think I would rather be in Hanover given the um the team setup and whatever, but I feel I think Mariska also has a case that she's done that for a decent amount of time now and is, you know, a world and a Paralympic gold later, you're probably free to do pretty much whatever you want until proven otherwise. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We get to okay. do, do we want to touch on the German women very briefly? Um just because the news post tournament is that um Katarina Lang is being made to call it a day with the German women's national team uh, because of the whole classifications rule. She's, I think, a retired able-bodied basketball player with an injury. Um, and for whatever the specifics of that injury might be, she isn't carrying on. Um, and yeah, this was Germany's last hurrah and they came up short on the bronze against the USA. I actually thought in their group game they gave the Netherlands the best um, kind of showdown, but obviously that doesn't count for a great deal. Oh, yeah, 100%. I thought um, Germany, decent team. Katarina's out, who is a massive part of everything they're gonna, they've been doing up to this point. Uh, Geisha Schunemann is apparently coming back for the Europeans. She's been retired for a, a little bit now. Yes. Um, yeah, that it's kind of a luxury, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just need to roll another another big four or five off the assembly line." Oh, this one also has many years international experience. Shall we just plug her back in, and we'll keep on trucking? Yeah, yeah, not not a bad person to be like, "Hey, do you fancy coming back?" But yeah, no, the Kate Lang thing, the Kate Lang thing, 
my take on it has always been go and let people play basketball. Stop taking stop taking basketball off people. Uh, I know it's not as easy as that, but I don't know if it should be. Um, I don't know, like if your knee blows up and you can't play the running game anymore, you should probably be able to play basketball of some sort, and that's kind of what we're here for. Um, you have to set a line somewhere, but I'm just it's it's always sad to see. Yeah, I disappointing. Let people strange. play. Um, I hear people go as far as like, want to open the international game up to able-bodied players, and that's a different conversation that I don't know how I feel about. But like, let people who very clearly have injuries and stuff play our game. <laughs> I think I think the uh, the test should be you have to throw those people into a an able-bodied basketball game for five minutes and see how they handle it, and if they can run up and down and have no problems with that, then they're probably fine. Yeah, but... can you play fifteen minutes in a game at the highest like amateur <laughs> level, um, <laughs> and not be knackered? Um, yeah. But no, that's impossible to set up. Um, yeah, no, it is. So you'd have to set minutes and stuff at weird limits for no reason. But yeah, would, um, would be a good litmus test. It, it'll never happen, but it would be a good. It, I would appreciate any player who took up took it upon themselves to like send the IWBF classifiers just like an in, invite to a game that they'd managed to wangle their way into. And they're like, hey, watch the state of my knees when I've been running up and down like this. Yeah, but yeah, we're we're off topic here. Um, we are. Yeah. Um, Germany women, fourth place, kind of ahead of the pack of the next tier. I don't know. Canada, Australia, Spain, Japan fill out the five to eight spots. I don't know if much differentiates Germany from them. As com- I think Netherlands are in, you know, a class by themselves for the foreseeable. USA and China pretty close standard wise. And then I feel like it gets murky over the next um kind of five teams i don't know if you see any of those teams split out into like sub tiers um i well all along i kind of just cut it at five for the women's game and it is that top five um Spain are getting better. GB have kind of had people missing here and there, and I don't know if some of those are permanent or temporary or this, that, and the other, but GB are incomplete currently, but I don't know if even at a full squad, I don't know if they crack that group, but... um, And shouts to GB women, by the way, because they spent a good chunk of the tournament playing somewhere from 12.5 to 13 points to get their most experienced players out there, and they stole a couple of games and pushed a couple of good teams close. So yeah, it's a real yeah, shame. Yeah, like it was a real shame watching like massive performances from some players, but just you can't play twelve and a half, especially if you're small already. Like they start <laughs> twelve and a half points most games, and it's tough. But um, they're small across the board. But um, the 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 thing that you said about you don't know what's going to happen with Germany. I think having Marika Miller who top scores a bronze medal game. I think you're still... And I'm missing Kate Lang is big, but I still think you get to... Like, you get to be up there depending on who's coming through. Um, But yeah, we didn't really talk about the USA enough in that. I think we kind of went one, two, four. Yeah, we glossed over that. Um, But yeah, Rose with 14, 12, and five in a bronze medal game. Um, Average. And one block as well. 
Um, <laughs> Rose had a couple of big games in this tournament. If you look at like, um, if I'm able to vamp just until I get to the um, the game log of the stats for she had like, what did she average? You've run out of vamping. Yeah, I ran out of vamping. Rose averaged 20 a game, 19.8. She averaged, yeah, 19.8, 3.6, and 8 rebounds. Um, yeah, we're big Rose fans here. And seeing her take it home, like, I don't know, fulfilling as just a fan and a friend of Rose. Um, yeah. So I think sometimes the her role in the men's game is so different. Well, it certainly wasn't Grand Canary. It is less so in Landale because um, they actually put the ball in her hands a bit and uh, like Grand Canary it was it seemed at times where it was like catch the ball go up just the way we were built but um Rose can do a great many things and I'm, it's always great to watch her sort of play that slightly different game in the women's game especially where she's more physically dominant and yeah Rose and the USA women got it done two tournaments in a row and kind of that's still a young team man like they're still kind of I remember 2018, they brought a bunch of kids and had a poor tournament and one cycle later, I know it's one year later, one cycle later, you've got two bronzes out of it. Like that's that's a credit to the development, I guess. Um, yeah. And led the, by Rose, among other people. You only have to watch their games. Uh, I'm just going to pluck a couple of their names here, but Bailey Moody was massive and they had a close game against somebody and she had been on the bench from the jury and scored six straight points. Um What's the other girl's name? Uh, Gonzalez. I have no idea how you pronounce the Hispanic IXH. Um, but you can. Yeah. You can... It's funny because that's reminding me of like Basque, and it is certainly yeah. not. I'm sure it's it comes from somewhere not. just south of the USA. Um, but yeah, I have no um, idea. But yeah, no, they've got, um, they've still got talent coming through, and they've got obviously Becca Murray was back this time. Uh, Natalie Schneider's been around a, a while now. Courtney Ryan's been about it. So they're kind of, they're very much in, you know, three phases of the veterans are still there and kind of not on the downside yet, but, you know, Rose is probably in a prime along with, you know, Lindsay Zerberg or whoever else. And then they've still got the young ones coming through. So I think the only question to vault the USA forward at this point is what level do the you know, the young girls who are coming through, what level do they take them to that the veterans aren't at already? And it's going to be a little while until we have the answer to that. I think I don't think they're going to look drastically different, say, next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of the thing with national teams, right, is you tend to have the same group together for a long time unless your pipeline is so strong that you're replacing everybody every year, which almost never happens. Right, no, you don't teams. get to do that. Uh, yeah. Even just like, numbers of people who play wheelchair basketball in general at the very bottom level that needs to be bigger to sort of yeah sort of move up the steps towards the high level stuff and you don't have enough new kids playing every year to have 10 years down the line a bunch of new national team players but i just i just remembered this were the top top four were all in the same group weren't they yes so similar way to um yeah how on the men's side all three of the medal winners came from um one group of four yeah um but yeah and then you had after that canada australia japan spain gb and brazil were that it was that all one group if i if i'm not mistaken because there was a point where that group went nuts 
Um, there was a point where I think there was one game that I think it was in Spain beat Canada. It was a GB, depending on what happened the next day, could either come second or fourth. Yeah. Um, or fifth. And then Spain beat someone else or someone else beat Spain. And then it was like, oh no, GB are either fourth or out. Yeah, it was um, madness. It reminded me of, I think when the first year we were doing this, I don't know if you remember, but there was a Champions Cup like quarterfinals round where I think Cantu played Bezirktas in the last game and they had to, if they won by 20 exactly, they finished third. If they won by less than 20 or lost, they were out. And if they won by more than 20, they finished second. <laughs> it was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, like, that was oh yeah, that was in Durangan. It was like them yeah. two, Albacete and Durangan were the teams, which was, yeah. what a what a group. Um, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Um, Linking the German women back into this, um, Anne Patzfeld of Hamburg has just signed for Cantu, so she'll be going. Really? Over there. Um, oh, nice man. Man, I didn't Congrats. think I was going to get that link in. And just to um, just to correct you on that one, Netherlands, Germany, and USA were all from the same group, and then the other one was China, Spain, Australia, Canada, GB. Ah, uh, yes. Sorry. Um, I think because there was like this sort of tiered thing in that group where it was like China obviously clear the group, and then there was a block of five teams that were all just beating each other. It got really chaotic at one point. Like Spain, 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 Spain beat Canada, didn't they? Which was unexpected. Um, beat Canada and then GB, GB beat Spain, Spain by think. one, which was unbelievable. I was there. I was on the side of that game and I was just being an absolute terror to the refs because they can't throw me out. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have been. Um, well, no, I was just very one-sided on my opinions of things. Um, but... And then I think wasn't it Australia beat Spain, which just kind of threw the spanner in the works. That was it. But I remember it went from the GB women team can either be second or fourth to them. Then it was like, okay, fourth or fifth. Yeah. So it was like, do you not make a quarterfinal or do you make a quarterfinal against the Netherlands? Um, they ended up not making the quarterfinal either way. But yeah, very, <laughs> very weird. It's kind of hard when that stuff goes on above your head sometimes. Like when that, I don't mean like in front of you. I mean like, you know, it's hard when it's not in your hands, is yeah, yeah. the metaphor I was trying to find. Um, yeah, I mean, the China topped the group. They had one loss, which I think was to Canada off the top of my head. Um, but China had a like a scoring difference in the group of 71. Brazil ha- were bottom. Not on a kind of smashing anyone, just on a kind of everyone scoring 30 against them. <laughs> um, but Brazil were bottom in that group, right? So they had minus 78. So that swing is 149 points difference, if I'm doing that right, um, between those the top and the bottom teams. And then the scoring difference for teams two through to five is Spain plus eight in second place, Australia minus nine in third place, Canada plus seven in fourth place and GB plus one in in fifth place. It's like, what is going on here? (laughs) How does any of this work? Um, I I get points differences and everything, but it was just those four teams were so clustered, man. And um, yeah, I touched on it a second ago, but I had high expectations for Canada that when they only beat Brazil by a handful of points in the opening game, I was like, oh, maybe like similar to what you said about China, we don't often get to watch these teams. And I was like, oh, maybe Brazil have got more to them than I expected. And then it became apparent Canada 
weren't quite what I thought they might be, although they did definitely have flashes of it at certain points in the tournament. They just weren't that consistently. Um, I think it's just, and you see this in a lot of teams, and I think the women's game has gone more three big and two one than the men's game is at this point, but they're just half a point off being able to get their three main players on the floor at all times. So you see a lot of like Katie or Aaron Young, and it's like, all right, um, both unbelievable, but like a tough choice to have, like a, a very difficult person to have sat beside you rather than in front of you as a coach. Like you kind of want those guys on the floor. And putting one of them on almost guarantees that they're getting defended by both bigs every time down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is it's tough going. Um, but no, I thought their ceiling was pretty high and they just lost one more game than they should have in the pools. And they, or two more games really, considering they beat China, but that meant they drew drew dead against the Netherlands in the quarterfinal. And like, yeah. even if I thought the matchup wasn't as bad for them as it could have been for some other teams, you know, if you're going to see the Netherlands at all, let's make it be in the final <laughs> rather than the quarterfinal. Yeah, and they gave them an alright run for a while. I thought like I was watching them being like, I don't know, like two bigs on the floor, you might be able yeah. to match up, but then all of the Netherlands lower pointers and complementary pieces and this, that and the other are all just so, so well drilled in the direction of helping their bigs be unbelievable. And a lot of the Canadian lows are great as well, but like you're talking about old timers. And then also you look at like, you look at that game, it was 66-47. The two top scorers were both wearing orange. Yeah. Even in that, like you had Mariska and Bo with 26 and 17, Aaron and Katie with 15 each and Cindy with 11. Like you just... In in scrolling back to find the stats of that game, I've just like whizzed through all the columns and it's just reminded me the Netherlands had three games of topping 100 points. Like, oh, yeah, I can't believe that didn't prompt like an on the spot podcast from us at the time because no, they had another game of ninety six as well. So they were they almost had a hundred points in all of their group. <laughs> I love it. One player from your team is in Turingen, and all of a sudden you're like, let's get a hundred all the time. But no, sorry, I'm just I know like I've said it before, but I'm just looking at like this Netherlands Canada game, and it was like top two in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Or just Dutch. Um, but yeah, I thought they'd match up, but a bit better than they did in theory. But like you predicted it well, but it's tough, man. Like you're not meant to beat the Netherlands when you come across them in a quarterfinal. You just hope that you don't drop one of those games in a group and you cross over with someone else and then anything yeah. can happen because they're probably on a given day they'll give Germany and USA a good run, but yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, and I think probably what will be lost in all of this, because the, like we said, the medal games was like a rerun of Tokyo, the medal position, sorry, were a rerun of Tokyo. Um, the fifth, sixth place game and the seventh, eighth place game between Australia and Canada and then Spain and Japan respectively were a two point and a three point affair. And I guarantee nobody remembers like outside of the teams themselves. Nobody who was watching the tournament from home will be like, hey, this was the game of the tournament, but like they genuinely were really good. And Australia, I thought were not on paper talent wise, really ready to swing with Canada and Germany, but they certainly looked like it 
on a level of chemistry and execution generally. And I don't know what their kind of upside is, but Amber Merritt might have been outside of Mariska and whoever else you'd make an argument for from you know the USA or or China. Amber Merritt might have been the best player in the tournament outside of those medal winning teams. Yeah, like I would have had her in sort of that tier just below the absolute superstars of the women's game. But like she's obviously been good under Ryan for years, but like she had 33, 11, um, and three in that fifth, sixth place game. Like what? Yeah. Her, and, her and Sydney going for 33 and 35 respectively in that game is nuts. Um, yeah. but you were saying people don't remember anything about those. The only thing I remember was Spain had an inbound down three after a timeout, so like three point line extended, and they inbounded it to someone with their back to the basket inside the three point line, um, with not much time left on the clock. And I was like, give yourself at least a theoretical chance. It must have just been like a no one else was open, need to get the ball in, maybe they'll get fouled, or I don't remember the plays, but I just remember seeing the ball going into the high post and being like, if you had time to kick it back out, maybe, but you don't. What are we doing here? Yeah. But no. that is um, all those games because it's been a month and I've just scrubbed the whole thing from my memory. Yeah. Um tiny note on the Canada and Australia thing is this is now back to backs where um Amber Merritt's gone mental against Canada and lost out anyway, because the same thing happened at the in the Commonwealth final <laughs> last yes. year. So maybe we're seeing we're finally seeing the rebirth of the um Canada Australia rivalry from the, the men's side of things like ten plus years ago or ten. Oh, that'd be amazing. Imagine if we did that and then we somehow just got like two of the old like two of the ex men's players as like the women's head coaches so that they just hated each other and we're really pushing for it like tanking games to get into like a fifth sixth crossover with these guys i think based on based on the research we've done as we've talked to the old legends of things i think if we could lure justin everson out of whatever retirement he's in as the women's head coach i think some of the canadian men would be like queuing up for a chance to play like their team against his but yeah, we were talking off. We were talking off the podcast yesterday about people who retired, and we're like, "No, I'm good. See you later." Um, I don't know anything about him. I don't know him at all to know if that was the case. But like, we were talking about how people retiring and just being like, "See you later," and then five years later, oh, do you remember him? No one's ever heard from him. I was like, "That's cool." But yeah, yeah, yeah. The opposite is true when you're like, "Oh, I wish this person who retired got more love from their national team," and I think that happens a lot, and that's a shame. But um doing it by choice i'm like yeah that's cool but uh japan beating spain i was surprised by because spain had impressed me uh all tournament obviously did enough to like they had some wins that we didn't think they would all through the tournament um seemed very much like well coached and well put together as i think mercia are as well obviously um frank belen coaches that club and country combo and he has half of his players at club so probably no surprise that they looked a bit more like he'd been there for a while because he hadn't he only got the job a couple of months ago when adrian my club coach stepped down or whatever um but yeah spain looked good and looked like they're on the up and it's interesting for europe especially europeans are going to be interesting but they just don't they're still missing like a Still missing something. I thought Beatrice Sudare was 
pretty good all tournament, pretty great all tournament. Um, we've just been fans of her game in the Spanish league as well for a couple of years. I feel like Murcia got promoted, and then there was a point where whatever offense they ran with whoever was there, it was like pick and roll, X Y Z thing happened, kick to the middle, and she shoots like ninety two percent. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought. Um... I thought they they very much look like they've got the roadmap going for. I think they've generally had the bigs in whatever combinations. Um and they've never like the number of years in the past where they've had like Sonia Ruiz like shooting an inordinate amount of like wing shots to try and get the offense started is like that's not what she's there for. Um but Beatrice's emergence has kind of galvanized what they have. Um Japan, meanwhile, I don't know. I caught a lot of them early on in the tournament. I don't know if it was just like the timings of the games, like they were all tended to have like half an hour where there was not another game going on concurrently. And I routinely was watching them and being like, how are they? Like, I don't really see how they're like pulling these out. And then you'd look at the stats and they would have like four people in double figures. And it's like, oh, I guess that's how. Yeah. And I, did, I did get to the point where I was like, are they going to be lifting like the cup for the entire tournament as the surprise winners and I'm just going to be there and be like yeah I don't really see it with this team I don't know how they get there like, I was so, so convinced they didn't have it and it like I get they finished 7 there's like nothing to throw a parade for but they beat good teams and they beat a Spain team that looks as good as it has done for a long time so I would still rather be in the position of coaching Spain going forwards than I would with Japan but yeah, they're they're the quintessential spanner in the works team for like this time next year, I think. Yeah. Um it's a weird one because like over the years I think I've just been like, hey, watching Mariamamoto go off is fun. But you're still traumatized by that one game you watched, right? <laughs> Where she had like fifty one of her team's fifty seven points or whatever it was. Yeah, that was it. Um, she nearly beat a team on her own, but that was at like the under twenty five level. She's like yeah. thirty four now, and it's just been years of like her scoring and not really getting enough help. And I don't know. I think it's always a good sign when you've got like four guys in, um, four players in general in the teams. That seems more sustainable. Like. Um, she had three double figure games over the tournament, but um, in that final game, she had an 11 point triple double, which is like 11, 10, and 10. I always think it's cool to just scrape it. Um, I say that as if it's not better to have like 50, 20, and 10, but like scraping in is like an all round performance, especially when these games go to 54 points. But um, I'm just looking at that final game. I know we're kind of being reductive based on the final game rather than the whole tournament, but like Beatrice Sudaira having 21, 7, and 1 is pretty nuts in that game. 21 in a game that you go to 51. Beatrice had 15 rebounds as well, which I think might go under the right. Like that obviously doesn't show up as in like the same one to one scenario as total points scored, but yeah. Yeah, she had nearly as many defensive rebounds herself as Japan did as a team. And Japan's oh, God. Yeah. So, I think one of the themes of like me talking about this is I love seeing in the women's game internationally, I love seeing players that I see in club basketball playing with reductions and then coming over to the women's game and just also being great. 
Yeah. Like I love them being like, okay, or either I come over here and I can get the exact same stuff off or I come over here and I get to do way more and look how much I can do. Um, Because I do think the role of some female players in the mixed leagues in Europe can kind of get reduced more than it should be. Um, Obviously, I'm not blazing any trails by saying that, but I think there's a little bit of like, you go over here, sit in that corner, or you get in this block or this, that, and the other. But yeah, seeing seeing the transfer and what changes and what doesn't, it always interests me. Sure. On account of being a loser. <laughs> right. Shall we speaking of losers? Shall we jump? Oh my to god. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, anyone who didn't come first. Yeah, true that. Um, um right, we'll go from the bottom up on the standings on the guys. So in 16th place, the hosts, the UAE, 15th, Iraq, 14th, Egypt, 13th. South Korea, 12th Thailand, 11th Argentina, 10th Brazil. Uh, we're going to get into this um, like 8 to 10, 7 to 10 and then onwards group because some of this was done by the weird group setups and no one on the face of this earth is convincing me that Brazil are better than Argentina. But um, no. Ten, um, ten, also, Brazil. you, I could clip that and just get you in trouble with like a whole country if I take it out of the context of wheelchair basketball. No, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Do whatever you want. It's I'll funny. Um, France in ninth, Germany in eighth, making me look daft yet again. Um, Australia in seventh, Canada in sixth, Italy fifth, Netherlands fourth, Iran third, GB second. And that's all we have time for. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been great. No, I was trying to figure out how late I could pull that joke, and I was really tempted <laughs> to like wait until we got to like the last five minutes of the podcast and then just disappear. But yeah. Like the end of the Sopranos. Yeah. Famously when they're podcasting and then just cut it off. Yeah. Um, um before we before we get into any of the specifics of the tournament, I would like to shout out the UAE for um not only bludgeoning their way into hosting this tournament and still being able to keep the hosting rights um despite postponing it a year and not being forced to give it up to anyone who was equipped host, but then to have the showcase game on day one and come out and get walloped by 68 points. I I can only imagine having that level of self-belief because, yeah, they they must have known them. They finished last after all of this. Like, do you remember that episode we did about how, um, you know, they'd shafted so many like people and, you know, players' careers and this and all that they'd messed the cycle up or whatever and they're like, hey, we don't care, we'll roll out and get beaten by nearly 70 in front of our home crowd. No sweat to us, we just wanted to host. But yeah. anyway. I have a couple of things to say about that opening game. One, it's always a weird one because if you're hosting it, you always do play first but there's no one in your group that you can beat. You always want to win and if you're hosting it and you're a good wheelchair basketball nation with a good team you always want to like, do you want to pick a team that might beat you? Like, you have to win the opening game, basically, is kind of what happens. And it is normally, like, if Italy were hosting, they would have done this. Um, yeah. But it, it is a weird one. But also, two funny things about that game. One, in my one year of playing with Julio Maria Papi, 
he has confessed to me that he was dying to score 100 in the couple of games that we had that were like blowouts in the league last year because he doesn't think he ever ever has, which is mental to me that Cantu didn't just like run 100 in some randomers at some point. But either way, he said he like either hasn't or doesn't remember scoring 100. So when we were in like 90 odd against the teams at the bottom of the league last year, he was like dying to play and everyone else just wanted to like finish the game off. Uh, and I didn't know why. So the second this game finished, I like messaged him and I was like, yeah, congrats. And he was like, yeah, I knew you would message me about this. That's so great. But um, and the other thing was just before this, in the opening ceremony, they did the like typical guys jumping off trampolines, dunking type thing. And do you think, okay, I will rephrase this, over under not 0.5, people in that room who were like at that game as a royal family member or whatever, who was disappointed that we didn't have trampolines, nor could we dunk when the wheelchair basketball actually started. 100%. Yeah. You think uh, over? Okay. Because there's at least one like rich guy who was there to like shake hands and write checks and whatever that was like, oh, can't like, can we get the Duncan guys back? Like, <laughs> what, like, why are you, no, why are you wheeling the trampolines away? I really thought this was going to be a part of it. Um, I this was the game. Also, if you had to like task one wheelchair basketball player in the world to dunk off a trampoline, who is it? Is it Harry Brown and why? In the chair or out of the chair? Oh, good question. Mm. I don't know if anyone gets it done in a chair, but I think if they did, you'd have to like fire them into it from a cannon that was up above. Like you'd have to have a cannon at basketball hoop size, I mean, height. And you'd have to fire them downwards at an angle that meant they would bounce and then go towards the hoop. Um, but out of their chair, I think it's just like an able-bodied-ish player. Like, it's four and a half. Yeah. It's probably like Halouski, who's a four or five, who probably like definitely could dunk before blowing his whatever out. Yeah, although that process you've just described of firing him at the surface of a trampoline, whatever his lower body injury is, I don't think would thank you for <laughs> No. Or imagine if you like forgot that they needed to be feet first. <laughs> you just like head first and their feet hit the bottom of the hoop. This is ridiculous. Um Yeah, you're you've really gone deep into the um deep into the locker here to not talk about the games. I, I, I I'm telling you that we're talking about this for longer than I'm gonna talk about the final. Um okay. Should we but... get the final out of the way now, or is there anything you want to hit on the way to the final? Um I don't know what I that's kind of what we did with the women's game. So I feel like doing it the other way would be stupid. Um, unless you think there's more to pick at, at the bottom of the standings than there yeah, is in the women's game, potentially. I have one thing that I've, it must be deeply ingrained in my memory from when the tournament was going on, because I watched the UAE Italy game for like 10 minutes. And I was like, nope, not doing this. And then the tournament started in earnest the following day. And I was like, right, here we go. Like get myself settled down, and then it was Thailand and Egypt. Or something. I was just gonna say, I feel like I remember there not being a game that I was really dying to watch for like three days, and I'm sure that's but, a wrong. I was like, the, the lowest hanging fruit here is um Canada and Germany. I was like, that'll be a watchable game, and that was flicked <laughs> onto that. And the first possession, Pat like dribbled the ball out of the wing, drew help, kicked it to the whoever was at the top, um, Ostapchuk maybe. And um, Nico Drymuller was def- like rotating to defend the point, and he just pulled the ball out of Ostep Chuck's hands, and Germany went the other way. 
And Pat from having made that pass just had like an incredible like hang his head. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is gonna be a long tournament. I was like, sorry, that stuck in my head massively. <laughs> that was what I thought of when I saw this score. Um, do you think at that moment, do you think at that moment when he went from that to them, like do you think if you were like, hey, you're gonna finish sixth at this tournament, he would have believed you? He was like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, don't well, worry. Um, next one, I'll 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 shoot the next one. Ah, no, it's fine. But <laughs> I swear, the next game, the game the next day was like Italy. Italy played someone good the next day. Was it Italy Australia? Was Italy Australia was day two, which I was excited about, which was a good game. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, two teams um, that ended up finish close, finishing closer in the tournament than I thought they would. Yeah, and probably in reverse order. That's <laughs> the way. Um, yeah, um, part of its crossovers, but yeah. Um, Goal yeah, we'll, we'll, final a bit. Yeah, we'll get to the final. We'll work our way back from from there because I think I said it when I did the preview podcast. Did you listen to the preview podcast, by the way? I should have. Yes, but in like 10-minute segments because I always listen to podcasts when I'm like alone or doing nothing or at, like I'll go shooting and I'll listen to a podcast or I'll like travel and listen to a podcast. And when you're at a tournament, you're not on your own ever. Yeah, so yeah, but like 10-minute um, segments, yes. The, there is also there's a treat for you somewhere because I did um try and record a like a midpoint podcast when we we're done with the group stages before we got into the knockouts and I was like right I've not got my finger out up to this point I will get on this I'll like get up early one morning talk about all these games and um I did that and then it took so long to process on because you normally do the editing on um what's it called on Mac GarageBand. I yes. use that sound trap thing that we have, not realizing that when you record on there, it takes like two hours to process and for the audio oh to be God. ready. And then like all of the quarterfinal games, the tip and like everything I talked about was irrelevant. And I was like, well, this doesn't need to go up anymore. So uh, you recorded it and it took so long that one of the things you said was wrong and you were like, I can bury this. No one will ever know. <laughs> I love it. Um. So yeah, I said at that point, we're going to see a GB and a USA final. And I think if you ask anybody from it there is nobody on either side of that argument who will tell you that they don't believe their team is the favorite whether they feel that in their heart or not um you guys beat them in the group stages in relatively convincing fashion yeah, was was nine a, or ten i think i think it was, nine. it was such a weird game i i think we even spoke about it at the time but i came away from it a little bit unconvinced um at least compared to how you felt at the time, because you guys are obviously, obviously, you know, living it up. Um, So yeah, we then got the final and you guys, I landed in Portugal and flicked my data on and it was halftime and you guys were up by 11 and I was like, here we go. Like the nine point thing that I thought was a bit weird and semi fluky has turned out to not be a concern and all downhill from there. Yeah, man. Um, full credit to them. They, I think one of the biggest factors was they just really turned it up defensively for a stretch in the third quarter, and that was enough to kind of take us out of it. Um, I don't know the exact stats for like how many we scored in a certain stretch. Like, I don't have a number like that because I don't want to see it. Um, but yeah, we just we dried up. But it was more like we dried up doesn't give them enough credit for drying us up for a handful of minutes. Um, I don't think I 
silly by saying we definitely had and do have enough to win a game like that because we had played them a week before that and gotten it done. And I don't know, if you lose a game by a point, you, you're right there. Like someone breathes out rather than in when they're taking a layup at some point or like you have one less. I know you talk a second earlier when someone goes to the basket or like anything like that. Um, it's a weird one. You go to 40 minutes to lose by one point. Uh, so disappointing, obviously, and I'm sure they're buzzing about it, um, as they should be. They deserve to be. Um, but yeah, I think it's a blessing and a curse that we have a tournament in a month's time because, ah, oh man, it would suck to feel like that for a full year. Uh, we don't get a choice but to move on from it. But yeah, they really took it to us for a half and was enough to get it done. Um, I thought Trayvon was unbelievable all tournament, um, as good as anyone was for the whole tournament. And I think Steve being that good off the bench and also pretty much hitting, a, I think that's a game winning shot more or less when you kind of count it down. Um, so that's two world events in a row that he's hit pretty much a clutch game winner like that he's already in a conversation for like top whatever of all time but i think that kicks him up the list to like rarefied air of like handful of guys um that's a really long conversation that i don't think with the wheelchair basketball world is even equipped for because you can't watch a game pre 2018 or like no 20 2008 sorry without it being like someone's uploaded their own games or Matteo Ferriani YouTube page or whatever, like you don't have enough of a concrete block of information to have that conversation. But yeah, yeah, unbelievable what he was able to do. And him and Jake coming into their second lineup was obviously the their sort of go to by the end. Like that was their starters were playing less and less by the end of the tournament. But yeah, we had enough to get it done. We certainly had enough opportunities to get it done, and we didn't. And it sucks but i believe in this group we have a we have a we have a month to kind of bounce back in the short term and then we have a year and a bit to bounce back long term and i believe that we will um because i should and have to and i'd say that even if i didn't mean it but i do which is nice it's nice to mean what you say (laughs) on this stuff because i don't know there's a world in which we got blown out and i would have to come on here and be like i don't know this that but like you're right there. You lose a world championship final by a point. You're right there. So, yeah, I, I do wonder. I have a couple of points on this. Um, first, I agree with you on Trayvon. I thought he was the MVP of the final, if not the USA's most valuable player, maybe after Steve for the entire tournament. Yeah. Um, I watched the game back yesterday, knowing we were talking about this before we got on to record, and you told me <laughs> you barely wanted to touch on the final. Um, you should have known this. I am emotionally fragile at um, the of times. Brian goes through a stretch late in the game where he misses a ton of shots, and then he makes his last three, um, one of which is the most profoundly absurd catch and finish you'll ever witness. He's um, nuts, he's so he's so dexterous. Yeah, it's nuts, it's, it's a great word. For, he's just like best hands, unbelievable. Best hands on the way in and on the way back out. Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, I think at the time, obviously the last possession of the game was Jorge misses the two free throws with the USA at one. Mm-hmm. GB rebound, get up court, 
Um, Phil has mismatched position, but not set up to shoot. Tries to kick it to Terry, and the pass gets tipped away. Mm-hmm. Um, I always situations like that people want to gravitate to the last play and i'm always like yeah the you know there was x number of plays that could have prevented that being the circumstances but yeah 100 percent. you actually go back and watch the first half of the game and the execution level is so high that there's barely a, a gb misstep in the first half where you could be like oh if they just got that right and then yeah the the stranglehold just went on in the third quarter which is interesting because up to that point in the tournament the usa had been rolling out their starters, generally keeping pace with whoever they were playing and then bringing the pressing lineup in. And they kept Australia on 15 points for about 17 straight minutes or something ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I did I did watch it by the end of the tournament looking at the USA. I was like, hey, you could just start your best five. <laughs> you, you'd probably win games a lot easier if you weren't letting these teams get ahead of you and then reeling them back in. But who am I to tell them what to do, considering? Um, hey, they did it anyway. Um, yeah, I think... Shout out have... to Jake, who came in and only made difficult shots for the entire game. He, made, he had four made baskets, and they were all like... Most people wouldn't have even tried to put them up. Oh, that's what he does. Like, yeah, he... Didn't like he dug them out of some holes because like you can defend him perfectly and it not matter sometimes and there's only a handful of guys that aren't four fives that that really applies to. Yeah. Um, certainly not many people who aren't max height because like normally if you defend someone that well and it doesn't matter it's because they just go over the top of you but him just shooting mad floaters off his shoulder off the dribble is like heartbreaking. But yeah, no, I think everyone watching that game knew that they were going to go to their main lineup pretty quickly but we didn't know how quickly um but jake being on three files for a little while took that off them for a bit but in the second but um yeah man i think obviously people look at if you lose a game people think about the last um play and i know like all of us are uh, will have gone over it over and over again but like it that's not how it works like you let Trayvon slip to the basket one last time in 40 minutes or you make one more layup or you do whatever, you tip a pass that doesn't even cause a turnover, but it ends up like slowing someone down and someone else gets position. There's like, it's such a fine margin that I don't, it's heartbreaking, but it's not discouraging in that way. Like, I think it would be easier to take short term if we just got smashed because then you'd be like, ah, no, we're very clearly not as, we're not good enough, but that is not the case, which no. really sucks short term, but I think is it's obviously a better spot to be in. Um, but yeah, just it's terrible to have to like like they go home and are probably still celebrating. There's probably a couple of guys that are back to work and whatever, I would say, but you know, they're going home and they're still celebrating and we come home and just feel bad about it for a week and then go back to a training camp. <laughs> Sucks to suck is the phrase I kept <laughs> using as a joke um very very ironically but yeah um losing is not good but yeah we were right there credit to the usa them getting it done is real impressive i feel like jeremy meyer didn't miss for the full tournament he's great um i want to be able to shoot like him um yeah they're deep man they're um we spoke about this at the time but i 
think there is an argument to be made that their team they rolled out this year is a, is better than their 2018 team, or at least has clearer definition of roles, um, aided by the fact that someone like Serio is willing to come off the bench as a nod to the guys who got them there through the America's Cup. But Yeah, that's the only reason I'd say um, they're not starting yeah. the lineup that was getting it done for them. But like, and I respect that. Like, I remember yeah. someone who isn't, really within the world of wheelchair basketball asked me about that because they were following it and they were like but wouldn't you just do x y or z and i was like well yeah like technically sure but that's not how it works yeah it's not uh, that's not typically how that goes um starters don't change a whole lot because of loyalty and because of routine and some people like also there's a lot of it where like some people like knowing that they're not starting or they are starting like there's some guys that if you started them for, or you didn't start them for a full tournament, and then you told them they were going to, they'd be like, what do you mean? Like, I just messed uh, my whole day up, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, unbelievable. The only the only thing I would say, and there's a couple of guys missing from one tournament to another, but like not having Turek to come off the bench and score, score, score really makes a difference. Not being able to turn the heat up on the press with Matt Scott really makes a difference. And there's a couple of other guys that I've missed out there. Um Obviously, Ian Lynch started for them in 2018, but I think John Boy has taken over their one-pointer mantle and just being super solid and super switched on. Um, but yeah. um, last thing on the final before we move backwards down the rankings, but shout out to Greg specifically in this game. Who <laughs> don't know if it's because the USA is such a like bunch of big rangy mids there's something very surreal about seeing Greg literally go underneath people on his way to getting to the basket or getting shots up but there was after the USA had reeled you guys in there was a stretch where it was like oh Greg might like literally be ready to win this game by himself it was equivalent of when the NBA playoffs were going on and Jalen Brunson was leading the um Knicks like through the um the first round and then two games against Miami is just like what is going on? <laughs> the, the tiny guys look around being like, yo, who's with me? We got this. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, shout out to Greg. I thought he had a, a massive, massive game. Um yeah, man. I think he damn near stole it back for you guys single handedly. <laughs> yeah, point. that game was close enough that like we'd make two buckets in a row and I'd be like, here we go, this is it. Yeah. Um I like I believe it every time as well. Um, but yeah, I, I keep saying the phrase we just didn't get it done because that is the fact. Um but yeah, I also yeah, I imagine they will be getting better in the next year and will probably be in a final in Paris and I would like to think we'll do the same, so probably see them again. Yeah. Um I think anyone who would be betting on anything otherwise I would like to know what they know <laughs> because yeah, yeah. There, there would have to be some severe upsets coming in to um, make that not be the case well there's a handful of teams obviously Spain, Turkey Japan that didn't make this tournament that all individual well like Japan and Spain probably as the silver medalists of the last two Paralympic games have a claim to be like yeah we're in with a medal joint but yeah, definitely. Whatever. Um, you're up and coming at this point, but well, until Goebel acts like, "What's that? The Paralympics? Yeah, cool. I'll shake the rust off." 
Yeah, I do wonder if it's going to come to their first game at the Europeans and we're just going to hear like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music and he's just going to like roll out like like it'll be like a smoke machine, but he'll just like put a cigarette out at the end of it and roll in. Uh, um, <laughs> the room fills with smoke, but it's actually just vapes. I, I've um I've just gone back to find who the All-Star 5 for the men's were because um, I couldn't remember who from the USA made the All-Star 5. No one. Turns out no one. So it's Mendel... Uh, Adi Azar, Phil, Greg, and Audrey Kyle from France, who finished ninth. Um, yeah, um, it's the one first, of those. The first comment on the Instagram is from Troy Sachs, who said, "I guess when you win the world champs, you must not have any of the best players on your team." <laughs> That's such a funny, like, reductive way to say it. But yeah, like, there's a couple of those guys that should have made it, and I don't really know how that happens. I think one of the real downfalls of every tournament is all-star voting is done before the final because it has to be um like i don't know send a survey link out as the game's finishing because these ceremonies always take an hour anyway um there has to be a way to digitalize it that you can do it after the last game because i wonder how many of those were like but even then if you come second you deserve at least a guy in the all-star game i don't know and sure as hell, if you finish ninth, you don't get anybody. I'm sorry. Yes, we're um, big Andre Kyle fans on here, but like, just put nice. one of the put one of the USA guys in that spot and just go uh, over points. You've never cared before. It's fine. I'm still burned by the time we beat Gran Canaria at Euro Cup, and um, what's the guy's name got the two point slot ahead of you? I'm still uh, Najib. That's the one. I'm still outraged by that on your behalf. So ever since then, it should only be top four teams. First team gets two players, places two, three, and four get one guy each. But imagine if they just were, yeah, but we were fifth in that roundup. You got to remember that. Um, well, yeah, no, they were sixth. So. Yeah, you're right. Um, but imagine, <laughs> imagine if they were they just like the men's all star team for the world championships was just four big, and then they bring a one a one over from the women's game, <laughs> like just whichever one, whichever female one pointer was the most women's all star team. They just like make them stay there because they wanted to go over points. That would be this, so this against. This all star five is brought to you by Fenerbahce. <laughs> We've got four four pointers and a zero point win. Um, yeah. You say that as if like the top four. Teams in Europe don't also just do that most of the no, time. No, no, it's um, just it's very Turkish. Thing. This is this is me sidetracking it into club basketball. But did the top six teams in European club basketball all start female one four bigs? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, no, Union um, didn't start it, but played it heavily. Um, they all had it in the locker at one point or another. Yes, um, sorry, I'm sidetracking massively. You'd think I had a sidetracked before we spoke about the game I didn't want to deal with, but yeah. Speaking of going many bigs, shall we talk about the surprise run of the tournament made by Iran? Uh, yeah, surprise run of the tournament going one step above what they did at the last Worlds, but I think there was such turmoil and they had so many players in and out and guys that were maybe switching nationalities or dropping out of the national team. That yeah. I had no idea who was going to show up at this tournament, but um, we played them, and we played them twice, and both times it was like, "Hey, what if they just make shots for forty minutes?" And <laughs> like they 
did in the bronze medal game and there's not a whole lot you can do about it um you just have to like i I think there's a thing of i've always thought that double jumping someone unless you're massive was more of a here's something better that you should go to mental trick rather than a physical you can't get this shot off and i'm like I really hope this big shooter doesn't realize that he doesn't have to send it inside and he just sends it anyway. I know obviously a hand in your face drops your shooting percentage, but like I wondered if like Hadizar specifically was just gonna be like, I'm gonna shoot this anyway. I don't care if you jump me with six guys. <laughs> like, yeah. You could have the referees running over to SWAT that like Hadizar and Sayari and they're like, oh shoot this anyway. Um yeah, is massive. Yeah. Sayari is very um I hadn't really I think he plays at Fenerbahce. They like move the ball a lot more than they do with Iran. But you watch him with Iran and the kind of slow roll, bringing the ball up and just like eking his way off screens, is equal parts like Asier and then Joe Beswick level. Of, I'm just gonna stop and shoot this. Like it's a really weird combination of traits. And then you look yeah. up and he's got twenty five plus. But the thing with like the... if Asier could shoot a bang shot over you from the elbow, yeah, <laughs> um, like come on. But the, the yeah, the thing that spelled doom for the Netherlands man was um, all tournament Iran had got like fifteen to twenty from three guys apiece, and then they were lucky to get like ten points cobbled together by the other nine guys on their roster, and they the Netherlands valiantly went out being like, hey, we're stopping the dangerous guys um you know we're taking the bigs out of it to the maximum amount possible and iran got two role players step up and you know they got 11 from mansuri and 10 from nazad who do play heavy minutes because they play that three big lineup almost exclusively although they did have a mids lineup which they've not had previously uh they went Uh, to number 23 whose name i've forgotten uh Mosin Tului Tamardash. Um, um, yeah, them, like, I think their lows and the guards in general have really improved, those two in particular. Like, yeah. I think a lot of us, when we played them, um, Mohamed Nezad, we were like, oh my God, this guy, this guy has, because he's a big one, like, he's tall and kind of well supported in his chair. And he had some finishes that we were like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we have to stop this too, we're in trouble. But, um. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing because you kind of your defense is always like take away option one, try and take away option two, give option three a little bit of trouble, and then push it further down the line. And if this guy beats us, we'll have to just like you can't stop yeah. everything sort of scenario. You know, like, and we were so like, far. but um, yeah, I think and there was even like some teams who were happy to get Abedi, who's Iran's main inside presence, as their big three um there's a bunch of teams that were happy the offenses he wanted to sit still at the free throw line and shoot a little set shot there's a bunch of teams that are like yeah you can have that and crack on and then he made, made those <laughs> like 85 percent it's like you you alluded to it with the amount of guys they've had in and out and the fact that even like tokyo um had his r and a betty went there and it was just sayari and uh moji kamali going eight and I look at this Iran team and you think they're without Kamali, they're without Motela um, Rami, who hasn't played for them since like Rio, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they're without Vahid, who 
I think maybe was in Hamburg five years ago. Yeah, you know, if you could just I don't even those... think he was. I don't remember that well, but like I, I think remember. I remember being like, Oh, imagine if he was here as well. Um okay, may- maybe it was the other way around, actually. Maybe it was Morteza in Hamburg and Vahid in Rio. But um anyway, they've had their bigs in now, and you look you're like, man, if they could roll out Vahid, Moji, and Morteza Abrahami and two ones, that team might have finished fourth in this. <laughs> like the amount of depth in bigs they have it's almost no wonder those guys look at it like well there's not going to be minutes for everybody i don't know if this is for me yeah Um, i wonder if like their head coach when he's coming to selections he's like oh thank god (laughs) like (laughs) thank god i don't need to make the choice because i could imagine a a scenario where they're just like they just pick like italy where they go like six fours (laughs) a mid (laughs) um I think I asked you that I asked you and Mendel this in our group chat, and I don't know if I got a satisfactory answer, so I'll ask you now before we I might on. have ignored you at the time. I don't remember. I have a real habit of doing that on, yeah, on do. WhatsApp. Um, but yeah. Iran's best player is blank, and they are the number blank best player in the world. Ooh. Um is it a Betty points wise? I just wonder. I have I have arguments for all three of them, and I yeah no hundred percent. I, um, I think Hadiazar is the Hadiazar was the name that jumped out to me originally, but um, but yeah, I I don't know. Um, what like what are you what are you thinking? I think if I was starting a team tomorrow, I think I would take Sayari. Um, just because I think he is like. Throwing the ball, like you'll you'll get something. I promise you. Um, but you don't think that's the same with Paddy Azar? I yeah, I don't know. I think Paddy Azar is like Paddy Azar when hot is as good a shooter as anybody. But I think he he was the chief candidate of starting games out crazy hot and then disappearing for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think teams were like, "Hey, you're done." Like, you yeah, yeah, no. This this is why I don't know because I think it's really tough to separate the three of them from each other, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, if people have answers to this and would like to inform us what they think, I'm all ears because I having thought about it for solidly for nearly a month, I still can't make a decision. Yeah, although it's so like context dependent as well. But like I don't know, like he went to a world and had twenty and a half a game, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Sayari thing might just be, I think I've maybe underestimated him for long enough and then I've watched him have games like this and I'm like, oh, this guy is the man. So maybe there'll be like some market correction on him in a little bit. But I lean towards him. I'm not entirely sure why. I just like the way he rolls. (laughs) Basically what it's come down to. Um, You were like, hey, based on vibes and vibes only, this guy. But yeah. Shall Um, we talk Netherlands as we work our way down? Yeah, I think that, sorry, just the conversation that we were having there is basically if I'm not sure I'm going to take the guy that's a point and a half lower than the other guy like um, if I'm not sure that's a good sign but yeah I think one of the things on this game was just the Netherlands and Mendel specifically might have run out of steam because Mendel played about 39 and a half minutes a game I think it was actually closer to 35 because of some blowouts but yeah. Mendel played all of that and just had 25 a game Um which, which can't be easy. I, I'm saying, like, I'm supposing because I have no idea. 
Um, yeah, he went 25, 10. Like 25 and 10 for a full world championships, basically on 36 minutes, more or less. Like that is, that is a tough gig. And then I haven't, um, they just couldn't stop Iran. Like they scored okay. Like they got 20 ish from him again, 24, I think, right? Yeah. And then I haven't broken this thought out yet, but do you think there's now a bunch of people looking at Mendel pick up the world championships MVP trophy and they're like, man, I just need to study full time and fly and play two games a season. And I, I could be right there. I need people who've like been around for the last generations of basketball to help me compile a list of all time basketball is my side gig. Uh, players. I was gonna be like all time doesn't care about Mendel and Kyrie and miss. What sorry? Mendel and Kyrie Irving. Do you think this is what Kyrie was hoping for when he sat out in the NBA season because <laughs> he didn't uh, like it? Actually, he's like, yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't think he was studying. Well, he was watching documentaries, but that was part of the issue. <laughs> I don't think Mendel is going to endorse any anti-Semitic uh, uh, documentaries anytime soon on account of being a good person, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a uh, yeah, can, like basketball being the side gig is is great. Uh, yeah. Mendel is the man. I think more people are probably going to see that and be like, ah, those guys were right all along. Yeah, because we've um, been on the. Oh, I was on the Mendel train before I before I had any reason to be, just because he was my friend. No, I'm joking. He was great the second I met him. Uh, I think looking at the Netherlands, Mendel carried them a good amount. I thought Robin Pogenvich was really good. Throughout the tournament, I thought he was offensively much more consistent than he has been in the past. Yeah, I would agree. Kind Quentin, of they needed, like Mendel has needed that help and not yeah. gotten it all the time. And I feel like he was, like Robin was dependable. Like, which is, is I say that he only averaged ten a game, but uh, he it felt like he was there in a lot of moments. And you know, when your name actually is Robin fitting nicely into the sidekick role <laughs> is, is poetic. But um I read that. Yeah, I thought Quentin was good in stretches. Mustafa basically didn't play the entire tournament and then was randomly starting one of their big games. I was like, what was going on here? Yeah, um, that was a strange one. He was kind of yeah. streaky, um, which really didn't help them. But yeah. um and as we talk about the Netherlands, we have to talk about maybe the worst game of the entire tournament was them in the um, semi-final against the USA, where we talked about the other team getting out ahead of the USA. Man, I think I, I texted you at one point as this game. I was like, this game might actually end thirteen-six because Netherlands got up by that scoreline. The USA made their subs to go with their preferred lineup. And the defense kicked in exactly as it was meant to, and the USA still couldn't get a basket. And it was like, God, this is like pulling teeth. Um, and yeah, it genuinely looked for a stretch there, like the Netherlands were gonna shock the world and upset the USA. But the game was just so slowed down and grimy that all it took was basically to be the first team to score two baskets in a row after that point, and momentum was officially on your side to stay. And yeah, man, they um they fought really hard. They did not have the the horses to to battle with the USA or the shot making to battle with the USA in the end. But um, yeah, I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, there was just a point down the stretch of that game when it was close in the fourth quarter that they had like a couple of weird decisions in a row, like shots that maybe if you could rewind, you wouldn't take again or this, that, and the other. Also, just 
as far as a team who is able to put fires out of individual guys like the USA have a long list of really good one-on-one chair defenders and obviously team-wise they're conceptually really well put together um, and all know what they're doing and where they're meant to be so I don't know there are times where a game plan doesn't matter if someone goes nuts but like yeah. the USA weren't going to have it be because of like a lack of attention to detail which I think really made a difference like Mendel still top scored the Netherlands team but with 14 like yeah absolutely um, uh, yeah, seven of twenty-three. Mendel was in that game, yeah, which was tough. rough considering what he did the rest of the time. But tough going. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I it's I mean, one of those where it's like partly tired and maybe just didn't perform. But it's also like it's no coincidence that it's like there are teams that are easier to do that against than others, and like there are teams that will be like, no, 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 anyone but you, sir. <laughs> Um, right, we'll rattle through the um, the next couple. So I actually thought the kind of five to eight is where this really got interesting because I think I maybe would have picked at least a couple, of, maybe three of these four teams, but not necessarily in this order. So Italy beat Canada to finish fifth. Um, both teams having beat Germany to get here, which was bizarre. Um, Canada beat Germany? Oh no, sorry, Australia beat Germany. My bad. Um, yeah, no, Canada oh, yeah. beat. Um, um, yeah, Canada lost to Germany in the first group game by about ten, probably. Um, yeah, Italy beat Germany together. Um, Australia beat Germany in the seventh, eighth game, and Germany I had called to finish top four. Um, in place of you could argue either the, the um, Dutch or the Iranians, but. Germany were an interesting one because they looked okay in a very weak group and then they had that loss against Iran and they just looked shook from that point onwards and were running on a a lack of self-belief at that point. Yeah, playing against a team like Iran who are all momentum and emotion and like big shots and they're not all that, that's kind of reductive about I think that's the thing that people say about teams that are from that part of the part of the world, and it's like they're also great basketball players, but like <laughs> they emotionally kind of they gather momentum. Um, doing that when you're a Germany who haven't had a tough run up until that point might have been difficult. Like you haven't had to test yourself a whole lot. Like they were fairly comfortable against Canada, and then went like, wasn't it like Thailand, Egypt, UAE? Yeah, which is not a whole lot to test them. I wonder if that's part of it. Like, I wonder if they'd had a... If they'd have been down seven in a third quarter at some point before then, would have would they have been more prepared for it? But they got down big time against um, Iran and then brought it all the way back. And Tommy just had, like, a tough layup last second and well contested, but missed it. And I think when you get into, like, fifth place games and this, that, and the other, a lot of it's, like... One team's happy enough to be here, and the other team's absolutely depressed. And I think that carries some teams through. That, like was, it, that was absolutely the case in the Germany Italy game. Like that was seeing a team where this was their best case realistic scenario versus a team who was their worst case scenario. It's like man, yeah, just emotionally, it's like one one team's aiming for fifth, and the one team is playing for fifth when they were aiming for a medal. Yeah. Uh, that always happens, and it's probably the toughest game to play. I have no idea. Like I'm sure it's horrendous, but. 
yeah man like you just like once you're if you're metal 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 all the way through you lose a game like just over halfway through the tournament and it's like you're, you're done yeah. <laughs> um yeah. it's you have to be a professional and pick yourself up and play through it and it's just really hard to do so i think that is part of it for sure um jumping to the other side of that game australia finishing seventh they would have been my other medal game pick and they i don't know what's going on there they scored 32 points against the usa in their um i talk about terrible games by the way the usa were sneakily very guilty of having some low scoring games on the way to the final uh australia scored 32 points total against the usa bounced back able to beat germany in this game and australia i was quite high on they beat the usa in one of the prelim not prelim like the friendly tournaments um their offense just seems to have a habit of if it abandons them for five minutes, it'll either come back no problem or it might be missing for the remainder of the game. And I don't quite know what the cause of that is. Um, I would really struggle if you asked me who Australia's best player in this tournament was. I would have a hard time picking anybody because it felt like they were constantly grasping for what might work in any given game. I don't know what your take on that was. Um. Yeah, it's a weird one because, like, obviously they want to grind people down defensively, but it's like, can you click that up a level and not make it a grind when you have the ball? And they just weren't able to do that. They have a weird spread of, like, sometimes they can lack shooting. Um, They're, like, world-class players across the board, but, like, world-class players that probably fit really well into other configurations sometimes, but... There were a couple of times, like in that Australia-USA game, that I don't know what was happening, obviously, but the Aussies started three big two-ones. Neither of them were called Yannick Blair. I wonder if Yannick was either hurt or whether it was just a weird coaching decision. But um, And they actually got up. I think the first quarter was like 14-8 or something stupid. Um, I think I think we should. This tournament should be evidence that getting up against the USA in the first quarter is not an accomplishment. Yeah, um, it happened in basically every game. But either way, um, here's an interesting one. So the Australians started three big two ones uh, against the USA starters. The USA started, switched to their second lineup, and Australia matched it immediately by going to their four three threes and a one. If you're up against a certain lineup and they switch do you give the guys that are winning for you a run out or do you stay matched up there or try your best because like now it's easy to be like yeah. oh would i have just stayed three fours and two ones but i, think, I don't know I think, if they yeah. blow you out anyway you i'm probably calling i'm probably calling for the opposite depending on what happened no matter what on hindsight yeah, i think the answer is as momentum's getting away from you neither seems like a great option um yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I think they... This probably isn't answering your question, but I think... It's okay. Like, I, don't, I, don't, like, I think the answer is whatever works, and what they stuck with didn't work, so that's the only reason I'm questioning it. Yeah, I think they... It's tough set. I think with them, they've got... I think all their lineups just have a, at least one weak link in them, and I think it becomes very apparent against a team like the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching them and they're similar to what we said with like the American women. It's like this team's only going to hit the ceiling 
based on the couple of young guys they've got coming through. Um, like uh, Andrew Dubry and Ethan Laird is the other guys. And he, um, yeah, I was impressed by both of those in their like spot minutes, but they're not. Yeah, man. Be thrown into fire against the USA for heavy minutes. Um, CJ gave them an element of something different, but he's new to the squad, but he's like nearly 30 or he's 30 now. So he is who he is. I don't think he's going to massively spike the potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the honest answer for Australia here is go away, put a year's worth of development into those young guys and see what that gets you in a year's time. Because um, they didn't have any answers on their bench in this tournament at the very least. Oh, yeah. Um, that said, they after this, you talked about how getting back from the disappointing games, you know, it's a matter of who recovers first. They're able to bounce back and salvage some pride against Germany. So, you know, the, yeah. they have that at the very least, finishing seventh. Yeah, Germany with a turnover at the end, giving Tom a layup to win the game. Um, hey, how much would you be just crapping yourself on that layup? Um, but, um, I was yeah, on the other Euro Cup game once where we turned, we were tied and we turned the ball over and their guy got a run out layup as the clock was running down and he gathered it and like rolled the ball out of his hands and out of bounds as the clock went off. Oh my so God. That, that's how much I would have been crapping myself, <laughs> but he also was. Yeah, fair play to Tom for making that one. Yeah, no, Australia, anytime someone's like, well, they got knocked out in the crossover by the team that actually won it. Yeah, uh, yeah like they might have been fine in random other crossover X. Well, like, by, by that same logic, you look at your group D and... Um, you, the USA, and Iran all won medal, man. It, Iraq must have been sitting there, gotten basted by all three of you, and being like, "Oh man, if we'd just been in another group, who knows?" Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the same. I don't think Iraq are Australia in terms of wheelchair basketball pedigree. Like, I think you look at some of the crossovers we had at the same. Like our quarterfinal was Korea, wasn't it? Yes. Like they'd have been fine. Um, so it's tough in that way, but it's just the way the groups work out because you had to cross over into a group that had all three medalists. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, tough one. Right. Shall we do... Have you any thoughts on... I don't have anybody in the lower half I would really want to talk about. Have you got any thoughts on Italy or Canada before we get out of here? Um, congrats to Italy for fifth, which by the looks of things was kind of what they were shooting for. They actually got it done. Um it's weird to see Papi not playing as much as I thought he would, but I think there's an element of he goes on the floor and teams are like, cool, we're going to press, you know, and then you immediately take him off the floor because there's other more press-resistant fours on their bench. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he got a little isolated in some of their offensive stuff when he was on the floor as well, but it didn't matter a massive amount because they still achieved their goal. Canada were probably Canada were seven spots higher than they were at the last Worlds, which I'm is call, I'm calling this now. This is the highest Canada finish in any point in Pat's comeback. Well, it is so far, and I imagine he's got one tournament left, and almost certainly the case because there are only eight spots for Paris, um, and I think the US 
I think the Americas only has one spot potentially, so <laughs> I'm not sure. Might be, and then there's a representative. I don't know. I don't I'll know. I, don't, I was going to pretend to follow what the IWBF are doing. Right. Um, yeah. Shout out to Canada, man. They were. I don't remember being particularly impressed by them in any given game, but they scrapped their way here. And shout out to them. Um, yeah. Mental tournament overall, man. I don't know anything further. If um, Unless you've got anybody you want to mention before we, we've been on this record for a long time now. So if anyone's stuck with yeah. us, then you um, no, uh, it's all good. I'm glad I don't have to talk about it on record again. I also don't have to do any of this. No one's depending on us for this. But um, yeah, um, thanks for thanks for the patience and welcome back. And hopefully, I won't get really sad and take another month off. Well, whatever you do, win the Euros. Otherwise, we're You'll have seven, just, seven don't, years. Or don't just squeak it by a point. True. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh talk to you soon. Peace.